HVAC 360 salutes women in engineering. According to a 2017 report, about 22% of undergraduate engineering degrees are awarded to women. While this number is growing, the number of women making it into the engineering workforce falls short of that percentage, which I personally find a troubling statistic. I feel that everyone would agree that getting an engineering degree is not easy, far from it, but that engineering is a great career option. So I would implore those graduates not to turn away from this great career path without a significant fight. To women in engineering today, thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you for just being here. You make turning the tide of diversity that much easier. And it's that diversity that ultimately leads to better engineered solutions. And better engineered solutions is exactly what the world needs. Hey everybody, welcome back. Mandelson here, your host for HVAC 360 helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. I do that by sharing information, lessons learned, or talking with industry experts. And if all this information leaves you hungry for more, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter over at HVAC360.com or subscribe to my YouTube channel. So, what's up for this week? This week, we're going to be talking with Charlie Matthews, founder and CEO of Empowering Brands. Uh, if you're a longtime listener, uh, she, you will notice that she's a returning guest that I cut up with recently at the AHR Expo in Orlando after 10 years. So, let's hear what Charlie has been up to and cut to the tape. <laughs> All right, today we're talking with Charlie Matthews, who is the founder and CEO of Empowering Brands. How are you doing today, Charlie? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt. And you are actually back on again. I had to get in the Wayback Machine and take a look at my past episodes. You were actually on episode number 29, um, which was way back in 2011 when you had just started your Empowering Pumps journey. Yeah, it's funny, Matt. I didn't even remember doing that until I saw you at the AHR um, you know, conference and kind of reconnected. I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we did that way back. And, you know, listening to that uh, was really, really inspiring and, and, you know, taught me that I was on track then. Uh, but there was a couple things that changed. So I guess tell me what has changed in the past 10 years. Yeah, so when we started Empowering Pumps, it was to teach people about social media, to connect the industry digitally, um, and there was a couple key focuses there uh, that we'll get into later that were on point, but uh, for the social media aspect, we were you know, educating people on how to use um, the social media tools to complete their profile 100% um, to you know, kind of develop this idea of everyone connecting and collaborating uh, through social media, but with no real strategy, just knowing and seeing that this is somewhere that we needed to go and that we needed to teach people how to use it because we could see there was an opportunity. So fast forward, you see, you know, the pump industry is online and connecting through social media. And now our training is, 
is shifted from, you know, fill out your profile and learn these tools to, okay, what is the strategy? Who are you trying to connect with? And what is the best platform to do that? So there's a lot of different digital media tools. Um, we can target and remarket to our audiences um, that we have. So that's our audience, our uh, followers are, are so much more important uh, than they were. It's just a when we were doing the organic social posting. And so you really have to uh, engage with that audience and give them what they're looking for uh, in all the different aspects. And so I think that's the number one thing that's changed is technology and, and acceptance. Uh, being the, the first uh, is not always easy. Um, and so I think that you know, seeing that before it happened was a blessing. And I'm, I love that I got to kind of push our industry forward on social media, but you know, looking at what's the next steps there um, is always something we do. So, um, but it was really enlightening to see, you know, from that episode, okay, we were on track. We were going to cover mining and HVAC, which we've been doing uh, recently, actually, that those were two initiatives that were really important to me and I didn't feel that were being covered. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's the start of our relationship here, Matt, at HVAC. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, uh, I guess a little bit, um, interesting because you know you really had to at the time you know because there was a, the early adopters uh, those people who you know are gung ho and always you know on online they get the social media but there's so uh, much of the industry that was out there that that really didn't see the value in getting online like what am I supposed to do when I get here you know you know what happens when I fill out my profile and they they just they need to understand you know what to do next. And I think that was a, a lot of, you know, the education that you're talking about. Yeah. And I think also, Matt, I think it's important that we realize that sometimes when we are that, um, you know, leader, uh, that we need to figure out where we stand with our audience and our customers. And so it was great when I read this uh, book, Change Intelligence from Barbara Trotline. She kind of says, you know, whether you're head, heart or the hands leadership, and I realized that I thought, you know, that I led with my, you know, heart. I love people. I'm trying to connect people and all of this. And then I realized that it's with my head and and, and I'm running off and um, following my purpose. But I, I leave people behind. And so one of the things, you know, we didn't talk about in that first episode was a print edition of what, you know, we were doing digitally. Uh, I never crossed my mind uh, to do that because I was so focused on digital media. Um, and so a couple years back, I was at um, the HI conference and the economist was talking about kind of the, the, the people who were in leadership roles for the next 10 years. And I realized that that group of people would not be using Twitter and would never see what we were doing um, online, say for LinkedIn or, or Facebook. And so how could I show them that? And so we created a print magazine to show that. And that was just a couple years back. Uh, it does have hashtags and links all throughout. So still digitally focused, but just to show what we were doing in a different way. Uh, and then that is based on that audience and really the, the followers that I, I left behind. Uh, so I think that's a really important thing to note is just to make sure that just because you see the future um, that you, you know, figure out a way to show everyone else what you see. Now that that HI conference that is the Hydraulic Institute is that right? That's correct. Okay. They are the authority on pumps and pump systems. All right, so that's right in your wheelhouse. 
Yes, and I, I've been attending there um, for years now. I, I remember when I started, I, they were my very first phone call. I was like, I want to work with you. I didn't want to work with the authority, right? And so um, it took a while because they didn't have a place for media. And when Michael Mashad came in, um, you know, I spoke to him right at the get-go and, and kind of put in this uh, vision of how media can help the organization on the advocacy side. And they made a place for media. And so I'm very thankful for that. Very you know, thankful for that relationship because it helps us understand uh, what we need to be talking about. What, how can we really help the industry if we don't understand how a pump system works or, you know, for example, the regulations, how important it is uh, because setting the standard is one thing and, and that's what HI does. Um, but media is supposed to push that envelope and, and say, okay, how can we do better? And, uh, recently, we just, our last magazine, you know, it had, um, you know, make an impact on the cover. And it also says, you know, how can we do better uh, understanding the U.S. Department of Energy regulations? And so it went into that saying, yeah, we, we've, we've got the standard, but can we do better? Is it, is it available? And it is in some cases. Um, does it make sense economically? Um, and so I think that as media partners, we get to kind of push that that status quo, um, and you know, coming from me, who's in continuous improvement, both in my team and my life and, and the industry, um, that gives me the the real insight to know if I'm way off, or you know, for example, in the last uh, HI meeting, you know, we've got some real issues to handle with infrastructure sinking and, and different things that we need to take care of uh, as the pump industry, and so. You know, how we're going to do that? Well, first we have to talk about it and make sure that everybody hears about it. And so, yeah, I, I think it's invaluable to go to conferences like HI and then the Fluid Ceiling Association is another, um, you know, really important organization to me uh, because I've had a lot of personal development that happens there and they kind of push you to lead and speak up and, and present. Uh, and I think that that's what we need from these organizations in our industry um, to develop our talent uh, for, you know, the next workforce. Right. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of important now that you, you kind of, uh, you know, talk about it in the sense of the, uh, the industry, you know, they've always kind of had print magazines and that was, that was pretty much it. But, you know, back when we started, um, it really didn't have the, you know, the social media, um, that sort of infrastructure um, that that really existed. In fact, actually, at their last um, uh, AHR Expo in, in uh, Orlando here um, was the first time that they actually had you know podcasts as uh, they had podcast they had podcast booth, um, and so that was really kind of a sea change. And I think it's it, it's important when you talk about you know leadership like you are um, that it's a very you know it's individualistic nobody needs to grant you permission to take on leadership nobody needs to grant you permission to hear your voice uh, being heard if 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 you want to be heard um you know obviously we need there needs to be information that needs to be out there and you know the more media like you said the more media that gives uh important pieces like you know the DOE um you know, the new DOE regulations, uh, the more voices we have out there kind of spreading the word, the better. So, you know, don't discount yourself if you're just, you know, starting out. 
Yeah, I agree with that. The, it was so great. And I, I've seen that a couple of different trade shows, uh, the podcast stations, and that makes it real for people. It's not like, oh, those people are just kind of playing over there talking online. Ha ha. It's kind of similar to, um, you know, any type of blogs or, you know, that feel of you know, who are you talking to? It made it real. And um, I think that, you know, no matter what, we have to embrace these different types of technology. And if you really put that into perspective with the pump industry, when you're talking about digital um, systems, you know, connected plants um, and, and, you know, smart pumps was kind of the term way back. But, you know, as we, we move forward in these intelligent solutions, uh, we have to understand that digital is important. How do we protect ourselves from, from different things that, that, you know, that happen when you're, you're, you're all connected. <laughs> uh, and so we, we really need to make sure that we put the focus on that. But for example, and you, you said that about permission. Um, one of the things that was in my empowering women's uh, video was you don't have to ask permission to call a meeting. And I think that um, I've always struggled with that, that need for approval or that need for permission, acceptance, uh, kind of first off, right. I want to go to the authority authority and, you know, ask their permission to, you know, come into this market. And you, once you grow into leadership, you realize that that's not the case. Like you said, Matt, um, as a leader, you, you have to take your um, stance and, and believe in it and, um, you know, get the information um, so that you're educated about the topics. And so I'm constantly looking for that. And, and definitely social media gives us that ability to obtain information also to inform people. Um, you'll see, great communities being built. Uh, one in particular is the water industry as a whole. Um, they do some really amazing campaigns out there. Uh, Watersworth, that is one of my favorites that they, you know, have been doing for, I want to say 10 years, but they kind of brought it back recently. I think it was last WebTech that they brought it back and I'm like, yay, <laughs> I get to use that. And it's not just me out there using that hashtag anymore. Um, so it's, it's been really great to watch how, something as simple as a hashtag can bring people together. So now I guess kind of going back from uh, you've uh, you started with pumps and, you know, over the past, you know, decade here, you've kind of expanded upon that pump. Um, uh, I guess that, that basic pump um, you've, you've gone into uh, like valves and equipment and, th and things like that. What was, what was kind of the, um, justification for this? Why, why did you feel the need to, to broaden your focus? Well, I think that's um, mostly from our customers wanting it. So every time I would, you know, kind of go to a conference or something, when are you going to empower valves or when are you going to empower compressors or, you know, that type of conversation. And so just listening to the need from the customers, which is what we try to do always, uh, you know, in creating that. Now, I feel like we did that uh, went about that the wrong way a little bit where we set up, you know, a different website for each product and, and then had to have to rethink that and come back in and say the end user group is the same. Um, so let's not make it hard for them to find the information. So then we pulled it back into one site. Um, but really the reason, the overarching reason why people want to do this is because we had to change from, you know, products or, um, you know, 
individual products to a systems approach. These have to talk to each other. The industries have to talk to each other um, so that we can have this energy efficiency standard, uh, which includes all the parts of the system. And so we have to educate um, ourselves and then also the industry. One, one example of this is, you know, mechanical engineer versus electrical engineer. They now have to talk to each other and used to, they'd be like, oh, that's their field. This is my field. Um, now they have to communicate and build things together in that collaborative approach to building more efficient systems, which has always been part of our goal. Um, but we just do that by sharing, you know, our clients and the industry knowledge through our platform. I used to laugh you know, all the time where they said, you know, Charlie's the pump girl or, you know, whatever. I would always say, you know, I know just enough to be dangerous. You don't want me working on that pump. But, you know, at the same time, um, it's my job uh, to do what I do and get that message out there um, of all the opportunities to learn uh, and connect in our industry. Excellent. Now, I guess you, you've kind of, in recent years, you've you've stepped beyond the um, the empowering pumps, the empowering compressors, valves, equipments, sort of like that. You, you've started the empowering brands. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So um, similar to what I was just talking about with, you know, people coming to us to buy pumps or, or learn about, about pumps. Um, a lot of the times we'd get calls from, you know, people thinking we were distributors and I felt like our messaging was a little bit off. Um, and, we kind of did a uh, video saying, you know, we've changed our you know, name from empowering pumps to empowering brands to let people know that we're a digital media marketing services company, uh, but for the industry. And so that message changed, not really that um, we were doing anything different because we were always doing marketing and media for the industry, but just the name change itself was like, hey, y'all, this is what we really do. Um, so, you know, look for us for those needs. Uh, similarly, I felt like we could do social media help for anyone. And we, we weren't quite uh, in the industry, as you said, kind of pumps, valves, motors, compressors. Um, we can help any of those people with marketing and, and uh, social media services and that type of thing. And so I just wanted it to branch outside of pumps even though pumps is the heart of the system and special to my heart for sure. Um, we, we wanted to let the industry know that we're here for, to serve um, in, in that digital media marketing space. Yeah. I know that, you know, not everybody, not every company has the uh, benefit of having staff that just does social media. Um, That's right. and, 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 and that is, you know, when they don't, then it gets really scary because these are just people who, you know, are, you know, doing something else on their day-to-day on -day basis, whether it's, you know, uh, just being a, a secretary or, you know, handling accounting or something like that. And then they're tasked with, with something else um, and they That's don't right. really know what to do with it. So the fact that you can come in there and help, um, you know, the smaller companies and, uh, you know, is really great. Yeah, and I think that to point that out, like we know how to do it. So we're much more efficient in that. So it could take somebody a lot of time to try to figure out, you know, what hashtags they need to be using, what industries are out there to connect with, what events are going on, um, what product 
you know, should I be pushing out at this specific time? Because we've been doing it for 10 years, you know, it's, it's very easy for us to, to talk to someone, figure out what their goals are and just make a plan for them. And I think that's where our benefit is now and helping people do that. But then also we can, you know, if they don't have somebody, we can do it for them. We have, you know, all the automated systems that we can, you know, help them get set up. They can approve that message, uh, but we also can do things like um, plan that out so that they can be reactive and, and, and engage in the moment. And that's where the real social media work comes in. Uh, when you're trying to capture something live, um, and which I think is you know one of the best things or one of my favorite things to do is live things. Um, that's a, you can't be worried about whether you sent out the right press release. Um, you need that already done. So. Um, that's kind of the help that we give um, to the industry in that regard. Um, and then, you know, just looking for that that next way to help the industry. That's what we're always uh, trying to accomplish. Yeah, you know, I, I think a, a lot of people might not realize, you know, it's so easy to think of, you know, the you know different brand names out there. Um, and to realize that the company might not necessarily be that big. They might have a lot of, you know, manufacturing um you know, a big manufacturing component, but, you know, as far as the, uh, you know, the front end staff, um, they, they might not necessarily be that big. I think that that was something that, you know, the more I know the industry, um, the more it kind of surprises me how small some of these operations are. You're like, I thought it would that's, be bigger. That's right. And, uh, you know, we have a small staff too, and the, what we can accomplish with our small staff is amazing, but we feel that pain. Uh, we've been there. Uh, so we understand that of not having enough, you know, time and help. Um, and so we always say we want to be an extension of your team and we mean that, like we know what you're trying to get done. So let us help you. Uh, the other, the other part of that, some of, like you said, the, the, the very large organizations, they also have a small staff, um, dedicated to this and it's even, uh, I want to say more challenging uh, when that company doesn't believe in social media and they're trying to compete in today's world and they're still like, I'm not going on social media. Um, what a challenge. And so it's, it's baby steps. Okay. You know, do one thing that's digital and, and show them results and, and then we'll kind of move them forward. So we're still, there's a, there's still plenty of companies there. that are just tiptoeing around um, into social media. And I have to kind of shift backwards um, sometimes, you know, eight to 10 years. And I'm like, okay, what would I have done then? Uh, let's do that again to, to get them going. So it's very interesting. So what, I mean, what are the, what are the, uh, I guess some, some of the best practices you could, you could advise, or, or maybe are there some kind of common missteps that, that companies take when it comes to social media? Well, I would say now um, th there's no reason to just be posting to be posting, right? You really need a strategy. Uh, you need to plan it out. Uh, one of the best practices I'll give away is you should sit down with your team and plan out the year. And so if you can come up with, let's just say 52 topics, right? So once a week, you're going to send something out. If you can sit down a day and just come up with 52 topics, you're on your way uh, to building a really great program. Uh, other other thing is, you know, you really need to find somebody who likes social media, who understands it, who um, wants to be on there. Um, it's a challenge for people who, you know, they're forced to do this. Um, you can tell it in their, their messaging. And so look for people in your organization that or, or seek them out 
um, who really enjoy connecting with people. Um, I don't think I could do, you know, this for 10 years if I didn't believe in, you know, the power of social media and the power to connect people all over the globe. And so that's the person you want on your team that says, oh, why don't we do this? This is like a creative idea. People will love this versus we're just going to send out this picture and try to get a lead. So, so that's, that's what I would say is kind of the, the two best things that I'll give you. Um, now, as far as you, you have um, also started, you know, I don't know how recent, but um, one of the great things that, that you've done is the Empowering Women in an Industry. What can you tell me about that project? Yeah, so um, I, th I think it's a needed project. Uh, first, it started with my individual need. Um, I was trying to lead in, in different organizations. Um, I kind of got to the point where I felt like I wasn't making a significant impact. And uh, how could I be better at leading a group? Uh, I also, you know, had had this idea that we would bring these women together from our industry. And I asked other people to help with that. And so we had this initial dinner uh, because I kind of pushed us in that direction. And after that, they, these women started coming up to me and being like, okay, Charlie, what are we doing next? What are we, what are we doing? You know, where is it? You know, what, what meeting are we having? You know, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did I become this leader of this, you know, initiative? And I, I wasn't quite ready, right? And so I was looking around for someone to ask advice. Um, and I realized there were no women in leadership in my connections on LinkedIn. I have, you know, 7,000 plus connections. And the only two people um, that were in a uh, leadership role were my clients who were expecting me to lead them. And I was overwhelmed. And so I, I said, okay. Let me let me just create a group and, and see. And I think Sianna kind of mentioned this to me. Let's let's make a group for this these women. And we watched that group grow from like zero to five hundred overnight. It felt like, and I was like, wow, okay, there is a lot of need here. Um, so what what do I do? You know, I want to bring people together. I want to have an event. I want to make it grandiose because uh, I like to I like the the spotlight, if you will on projects. And, and so we created this event in Chicago, um, was last year and the, the turnout was amazing. Uh, the support from the industry, uh, was great. And it was so needed for this group of community for women in the, in this, you know, it really is a male dominated space still. Um, we are, we are here, women are working here. And, and so, Having something for them specifically gave us that set, that sense of community. Um, a lot of people, you know, described it as like an exhale of, of being in a room full of women because we didn't realize that we were even missing that. We're all focused on doing the best that we can do uh, for our jobs. And we didn't realize that we didn't have a community of women around to support us. And so that was what we built um, together. Um, and we continue to see the need for it in different organizations. Last week, um, I, I had the um, experience of a, a gentleman coming up to me and saying, you know, women can't be engineers. They can be project managers, but they can't be engineers. And I, you know, taken back, but thankfully I've had some training now on feedback. Uh, 
I was, I said, would you have said that to these women engineers in the room that you're standing with? Because there are women engineers in every category. Um, and I think it's important that we realize that people still have that mindset that we can't do it. And so we need to have that reinforcement from, from an encouragement from other women who have. And so the role models that we, that we're shining a light on are so important for our, our young people coming in that they know. Um, and it's not just engineering. That one's just top of mind right now. Um, you know, there's some really uh, great work being done in the trades women group. Um, welding of course has been highlighted uh, even by our president, you know, the need for, for trades and, I think that uh, is great. And it's also that we need to, to make sure that we, you know, educate ourselves that, you know, automation is also a part of that. So every skill that and every job uh, is important. So from sales to marketing, to admin, to engineer, to, to operator, um, we bring women together from all those different industries um, and, and have a very diverse group of people to learn from. So that's the main thing to connect and educate these women. Um, and then also to, to have advocates. We need men in the industry that, that also um, support women and, and really understand why we need community and why we need to learn the leadership skills that we may not have had access to um, as we, we've been growing our career. So we do have them out there. I'm thankful for the men uh, who have, have supported us in this um, and, you know, look forward to our next one. Um, our next national conference is in New Orleans, October the 8th, uh, where we're going to have a, a panel of men and women discussing, you know, how can you empower women uh, in our industry? So I'm really excited. No, about I mean, that that's, 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 that's really good, good work. I know that, uh, um, <laughs> At least from my perspective, you know, it's it's, it's just a numbers game, so to speak. Right. You know, That's I mean, right. you know, the women, women, you know, fifty percent of the, of the of the workforce. Why wouldn't you want the best working in your industry? You know, that's right. And I did when I started that. I, I'm kind of missed that, Matt. When I started talking about kind of bringing these women together for dinner, um, it was because I saw as I was, you know, really researching our workforce and um, how to, you know, what how are we going to fix this knowledge gap and skills gap and, uh, you know, the baby boner is leaving us and, you know, how are we going to fix this? And I saw that women were the opportunity, um, you know, bringing them in and educating them. And, and, and that's going to be the way that we can fill that gap. Uh, and we also kind of talking about, you know, the, the different things such as, you know, climate change and, and how that's affecting our infrastructure and, you know, what disaster is going to happen next. You, you know, you kind of need to, um, have a woman's approach um, to come in and have like a difference of thought, right? So that's what I was I was thinking about when I was saying why we should have this um, community group um, that started with that dinner was because they are the ones that are going to fill the gap. We're, we have them coming out of college. Um, it's more even there and then coming into a workforce uh, that is, you know, just not representative of um, what we could do uh, for our industry. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of a, a documentary that I was uh, I was I was watching the other day, um, and it was it was about I think it was it was in Iceland, and it was around uh, like banking. Actually, it was around like uh, boards uh, for banks, 
and they had made a uh, a law saying that the board has to be at least, you know, it was not 50%, but I think it was oh, like over 40%. So it, it could be the minority, but it had to be at least, you know, close to half of the people had to be, um, had to be women. And it was interesting because a lot of that kind of stemmed from, I guess, they, you know, the uh, financial crisis had hit them and a lot of the banks had, had been, I don't know, if they'd been wiped out or if they'd, if they'd been uh, a lot of trouble. But when they did that, you know, obviously there was a lot of kickback from the men, uh, but it actually provided a lot of a lot of stability because you did get the more you know conservative approach or the more uh, you know the, the kinder gentler focus that you'd get with getting you know additional perspective on your board and it wasn't just you know the, and I think the important thing was that it just wasn't one or two you know token women on the board it was it was a significant portion and I think that really kind of plays into the fact that, you know, I, I think that, you know, women operate better when they're in a group. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a great uh, story that came up in our uh, Tuscaloosa conference about a woman in, in the financial space that, that says, I'm not going to be in a boardroom if I'm the only woman. I'm, you know, there's, there has to be a, another woman in the room before I'm coming in there. And the point of that is, you know, I, I don't, I've been the only woman in the room, so I understand that feeling, uh, but I'm pretty uh, strong willed, if you will, um, you know, determined. I don't really, that doesn't bother me, um, but um, you can see the dynamic change. It, it changes once when there's one woman in the room, and then it changes even more when there's two. So if she says something um, and she's not heard or she's spoken over, the other woman will say something like, I think Charlie was trying to say something something to that effect. And we need to do that with our men in the room too, that don't speak up, but it is so much easier to know that you have support when it's more even and, and you know, okay, she's got my back. Now, a lot of the times uh, she does not have your back and, 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 you know, it's a, it's a competitive situation. And so the more that we have, not just two, right. And the more that it becomes very diverse in, in both, race and gender and, and industry, um, then that makes that conversation a conversation versus I'm going to tell you what we should do and nobody, you know, says anything different or let's have a discussion about what could, could we actually do? What is your point of view? And then I think that that is the point of what we're trying to accomplish is everybody's uh, experience makes them who they are and every voice in the room adds something to the table. And so let's make sure that our women are strong, uh, that they know how to communicate, which is number one on my list of, of skills that we're teaching at our conference. Um, and, and just whatever field they're in, that they have the ability to obtain those tools. That's, that's the main goal. So now what, I guess, what, uh, if somebody wanted to get involved with the, uh, the empowering women, what, how would they go about it? Well, they can just contact me. Uh, we have a website, empoweringwomeninindustry.com. And so you can see kind of past things we've done, uh, there. And you can also see, um, you know, just 
the imagery that, that's there, videos, that kind of thing about what we're doing. But also they can share their story. There's no cost there to, you know, get involved, share your story. Uh, our podcast, um, empoweringwomenpodcast.com. Uh, they um, are filled really for, for this season, um, but, you know, interacts with that. I know uh, today actually Mel is going live. Uh, on Facebook to, to kind of do a Q&A. So there's a lot of different ways to engage with us there. And I would say, you know, look for our local events. We're, we're doing local events as well as the national conference. Um, the national conference has an awards section. So I challenge people to think about, you know, what, um, you know, award they would be uh, qualified for and, and get one of their friends or colleagues to nominate them and write a letter about the work that they've been doing. It's harder for us to, to do because we don't think that we're worthy a lot of the times, but we are. Uh, and then also nominate your friends that, that deserve this and your colleagues that deserve this um, award. It's Everybody's a winner. If, if somebody's going to write a one-page letter about you, um, you're pretty big deal and I want you to know that. So, um, that that's what we're doing right now. Uh, we've already done the call to papers and, and kind of organizing the agenda uh, for that. But yeah, get involved and, 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 you know, as we go to different industry events, there's all types of women's groups to get involved with. Um, I was hesitant to ever get into a women's group uh, because of the stigma that may be associated with that. And so um, I was wrong. And I realized that we do need women uh, to support us and encourage us. Similar to what you were talking about, kind of that comforter in the room, that woman in the room is an encourager. That is one of the, the great things that we do um, to encourage men and women. And so if there's not any women in the room, you're, you're, I mean, it's got to be exhausting to do the work and never get a pat on the back. And so hopefully this initiative for patting ourselves on the back as leading women um, will trickle down uh, and, and lead to let's acknowledge what our industry does. We are, we couldn't do anything without um, the pump industry, your, your water, your food, your energy, nothing. Right. So let's, let's really shine the light on our industry. And, you know, this is the several ways that we're doing that, but that's my, my kind of call to action for people to get involved and stand in that spotlight. Now, do you have a, a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group or which, where on the social All, media? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everywhere. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So wherever um, you are, around, you, yeah. Go ahead. Say, so, yeah. So wherever uh, people are, you are. Yes. And I, I think that Instagram is my favorite because you can do the stories and, and see the engagement pretty quickly. Uh, but you know, for, for industry, LinkedIn, we do have a group just empowering women in industry. Uh, and then Twitter is at women in I N D. Uh, Cause you know, Twitter won't let you have long names there. So all of ours are a little different there. Um, and then, you know, Facebook, uh, we don't have a group, but we have a page there. We have a local group. Uh, so our empowering women locally, um, which started in Alabama, which is my local community. Um, and we'll continue to see that grow as we get women who are willing to lead those um, groups and conferences. And so, yeah, we're, we're everywhere online uh, and, and really accessible. If someone has a question, 
uh, or wants to make a statement, we're, we're behind that. Excellent. Well, you know, I really appreciate you coming back on, Charlie. And uh, I just say, uh, any final thoughts that you have? Uh, yeah, I want to thank you, Matt, for for leading us in our podcast. If you were doing podcasts, um, you know, in 2011, you were ahead of the game. And so I want to thank you for that. Um, I had, had not really, you know, listened to a bunch of podcasts until we kind of got into it. It's one of the most valuable tools to share content. And really, that's what we need to do is to obtain all that content from our industry leaders um, before they decide to retire. And, and then also give us a way to kind of talk about these big issues and, and see, you know, moving forward, how can we make a difference? So I think you'll see a, a trend with more podcasts. Um, even my daughter um, and I kind of played with the podcast uh, the other day. And, and I got to tell you, she's a pro. She's, she's, she's ready. She, she could go into media right now. So uh, just leading the way for our workforce, even, even our, our young children. All right. Well, like I said, thanks so much for your time, Charlie. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thanks again to Charlie for taking the time to chat with me. Check out the show notes, and there's a lot of them, uh, for links that we mentioned during the interview. You can find those show notes over at HVAC360.com slash 158. And also, thanks so much to you for taking the time and listening. I hope this was helpful. If you know somebody who's looking to step up their HVAC game, consider sharing this episode or another one of your favorites with them. This is by far the best thing that you can do to spread the word about the podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe over at HVAC360.com for a weekly dose of the written word, or browse on over to my YouTube channel and subscribe if video is more of your thing. Lastly, it would be greatly honored if you would consider leaving me a rating or review on Apple Podcast. All right, that's a wrap for this episode of HVAC 360. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. And as always, know what you build and share what you know. Mm.